I want you to meet a wonderful dear friend of mine. We have been friends for many, many years. And she has had God walk with her through a very, very difficult time. I want her to, to tell us about. Um, so here is Michelle Lee. Good morning. Good morning, Michelle. So um, tell us your story. Kind of what, what was, what was your relationship with God before this situation, how he carried you through and then today? Growing up when my parents were still married, they always took us to church. Uh, so I was always familiar. They, they had me baptized, my sister and I both. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recall that ever being my decision I, I didn't have a problem with it I just don't remember it ever being my decision then my parents divorced and you know obviously with the split of a family we didn't we didn't attend church regularly anymore I would go through the years you know to church with with family or, or with friends mostly mm -hmm. and then gosh <clears throat> we started attending our local church I think my oldest son was sixth grade and within just a few months he accepted Christ and in talking with our pastor at the time I made the decision to be baptized on my own uh, so that it right. was my so your decision you are making that uh, correct following yeah, that the Lord in baptism gotcha that that was my decision and so he and yes. i were baptized together on the same day oh, how wonderful uh, um, an experience yes yeah it, it amen very much so um we went through some you know obviously some just some normal trying times throughout life um where i always you know just leaned on my faith knew god was there knew you know but still uh, human, you know, mm -hmm. uh, give things to God. He doesn't take care of them the way you want or quick enough. So you take them back. Right. There were some things that took place in my life that uh, really tested me and through going through counseling while we were still very active in church. Um, I, I really learned how to give things to God, give them to him and, and not take them back and not take them back. And, mm -hmm. and it's something I've passed on to people since then. You, you just take a coffee can and you cut a slit in the top just big enough to put something in, but there's no way you can get it out. And you just hot glue the mess out of that lid onto the can. And anytime you need to give something to God, you just write it on a piece of paper. It can be a word, a sentence, a letter. Pray over it. Put it in that can. I carried that can around with me I don't know, for a few months, and 
I knew when the time to throw it away was. And that was how I was able to just really look, look and see how I was being carried through, through that time in my life. That visual helped you uh, not take it back. Yes. Say, that I already, I gave it to God. I can't take it back. Yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it was very much so. Yeah, it was a great visual. Um, and then I think it was in 2010, um, Pat uh, was laid off from his job. Once he found another job, uh, great insurance, uh, but it was union and they went on strike. Mm. Yeah. So of course what happens when that they go on strike, you lose your benefits. So that was in April and in May of that year, 2012 is when I should have had my yearly mammogram. Didn't think a whole lot about it. Mammograms had always been normal, Mm -hmm. uh, but knew, you know, knew I should have had it. They, by the time the strike ended and they went back to work in July, I had been experiencing a horrible headache every day, Mm. every single day. And finally went to my doctor's office a new doctor, she just kept trying to throw migraine medicine at me. I knew it wasn't a migraine and ended up thought, okay, I'm going to change doctors. Well, by the time I got around to actually changing doctors, I had you know, transferred my records, set up a new appointment and realized, oh gosh, I'm out of my blood pressure medicine. This was late September, early October. And the only doctor I could call was my gynecologist. And he said, well, I will give you 30 days worth only if you will get on the books for your yearly appointment and go get your mammogram. Okay. So I did on Thursday, October the 12th. Then on Monday, the 15th, the day after my 45th birthday, I got the call that said, your mammogram showed something suspicious. Okay, but I knew. I knew right then this was mm-hmm. breast cancer. But I, I did. I remember that day well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I drug my feet some in getting the next appointment set up for the sonogram. Um, and then. Cause you knew and didn't want it confirmed. No, I just knew. I, I just mm-hmm. knew in my gut. That's what it was. And I don't know. There was um, someone very close in my family. I, I don't want to specifically call them out to avoid any any more family drama but someone incredibly close to me had previously said that they had had breast cancer and I didn't believe it then um still don't but I started asking for copies of radiology reports 
biopsy reports to give to my doctors so mm. that they could better treat me. Right. Part of the family history. Yeah. Part of the family history. Yes. Um, it caused, um, it was not pretty. It, it was a very, very ugly exchange um, because I knew, I knew the truth. And I was pushing um, for someone to to either admit that they had lied or give me the results. Um, so I finally saw the breast surgeon um, in early November. You know, and she said, you know, really just think you've got dense breast and, you know, the fibroid. Uh, tumors that are just very harmless you know you're at that age blah 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 but let's just go ahead and get things checked out etc etc okay well that night pat and i were sitting in freebirds having dinner and you know that place is very loud Mm -hmm. especially on a friday night and we were talking and kind of in a lull in the in the conversation i just clearly heard be still and know that I am God. Mm. And it was a complete mm-hmm. peace that washed over me. And I knew I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And I started thinking back, you know, as, as tests and everything progressed, the biopsy and getting the results to footprints in the sand and how mm. God carries us. And when I was doing my photography Mm. business, my photography name was Barefoot Reflections. And part of that was the the reflections was part of footprints in the sand, being that anytime I reflected, I could see where God had carried me. So we fast forward to the day I had my biopsy and the doctor told me, he said, you know, I'm 85% positive that this is cancer. Okay, you know, I knew. Yeah. Then and you go from you're pretty sure it is to no, it's just a, you know back and forth. You probably felt like a yo-yo. No, because I really still had so much anger towards this family member. Um, it's, that your focus was on, yes, on that rather than yes, my yeah. I was focused on how I was, for lack of a better words, hell bent on proving this person wrong. Hell bent. Mm-hmm. I was determined to get the admission of hey, I lied. Um, but that was my focus. That is how I was getting through, and I know it did damage. I know it did. But at the same time, I've never gone back and apologized, and I'm not going to because of this person's history. Um, but I, I did you get were, my... You were fighting for your life at that point and yes, information. I, and, and I needed information you know. for, for not only myself, mm-hmm. but until I could have the genetic mutation testing, it was fighting also for my children because if I did have this genetic mutation then I could pass it down to my sons um if I had this genetic mutation 
this person's daughters could be affected. They had a grandmother who had had breast cancer. Um, Our own grandmother had had breast cancer. So it was a lot of people, not, it wasn't just me at the time. It was a lot of people that I was Mm -hmm. thinking about. So obviously I got my positive results uh, two days before Thanksgiving in 2012. And with discussions with my surgeon and my husband, we decided to, it would be okay for me to wait, you know, three weeks to have my surgery. I wanted my boys to be able to finish their semester at college, clear-minded and not be too overly worried about mom. And so I elected to have a double mastectomy with reconstruction to follow. Um, I had three positive lymph nodes and 16 rounds of chemo and six weeks of radiation. And one of the things that I learned early, early on when I found my support group, uh, an online support group was if someone wants to help you, let them. If you don't let them, you're denying them the blessing. And that waved really, weighed really heavy on me to just let people help. And for someone who's not used to relying on people to help and just, you know, taking care of things, that was really kind of hard. But I, I learned to sit in quiet. I learned to sit in peace. And through all of it, Isaiah 46.10 is what I clung to. And I've since said, you know, this is my life verse. Because I knew he was taking care of me. So Isaiah 46.10 became my life verse. It's it's a verse that I discovered prior to my diagnosis. But it really took on a whole new meaning as I went through this, this journey, um, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. I will carry you. Amen. Because there's times are, yeah, there are times that, um, that we just can't even, you know, it, we're not intended to carry the load on our own. We're just aren't. right. Um, and, you know, I hear so many times, Michelle, and I know this is something you, you personify um, that we, we as humans will say, Oh, you know, God won't give you um, anything more than you can bear. Well, no, he will he because will, yes. he, he wants us to lean into him, but he will never give us more than he can bear. Right. Because he can bear anything if we just allow him to. Yeah. And the day I got my diagnosis, you know, I did elect to get it over the phone. So mm-hmm. um, that call came at 909 a.m. on November the 20th. Mm-hmm. I left work. 
went and picked up my results and drove straight to my gynecologist office. Um, a wonderful, godly man. Um, I just love him. And he stood in the back part of his office between exam rooms and just held me while I cried. Mm -hmm. He put one hand on the back of my head and another hand, you know, on my back and prayed for me. And I don't remember his exact words, but I do remember him saying, instead of asking why me, ask why not me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's true. You know, sometimes the things that we go through, the lesson is not necessarily for us. Mm -hmm. It's for someone who is watching us. Amen. Maybe what I was going through was so that I could become an ambassador on the importance of mammograms. Yeah. Maybe what I was going through was for to prompt someone else to go get their mammogram. You know, I don't know. And yeah. that's irrelevant at this point, but I just know that. I'm here because mm -hmm. I trusted him. Yeah. I trusted him to be the one to provide the education for my oncologist mm -hmm. to research cancer and come up with treatments and, and know how to treat me. I, I just, I, I give it to him. You know, um, with what Doug and I, you know, well done, you know, but you, you always go through whatever your spouse is going through in a different way, but, but you're in it together. But people have said, <clears throat> you were so strong. And I just have to say, no, I'm not. I'm not strong at all. He is carrying me because if it was up to me, I would be probably curled up under a table, a Coloring. sobbing mess. Yeah. There Coloring. you go. There you Coloring. go. Coloring with a chocolate bar, right, Michelle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a history, you guys that are listening, of uh, when, when things get stressful, get your crayons out. Do not break her crayons. Let me Do not it. break my crayons. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's funny now that I've become a grandma. Um, I don't mind sharing my crayons. And if they get broken, it's, you know, they still color. Yep. They still In, color. It, being a all the rules <laughs> it changes yeah. all the rules you know and yeah. I have to say Andrew was born um I finished chemo in July of 2013 July the 12th mm -hmm. then I had six weeks of radiation so I finished radiation early early September right around Labor Day I honestly don't remember the date he was born the following June and I, I ended up during that time, I sought out a counselor who turned out to be a breast cancer survivor mm -hmm. to help me deal with the anger um, that was still festering towards this family the member. family member. Yeah. Yeah. That made things a lot more difficult for you than they had to be with their uh, lack of Life. being able to st tell the truth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, but when Andrew was born, you know, I had been dealing with that. I had been going through counseling. I had, you know, really 
kind of started to let it go, um, knowing that I, you know, I'm not ever going to forget, but letting it go and just considering the source, um, the knowing this person's history. And the day that he was born and I held him that first time, so many broken pieces of my soul were just healed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was not ready to be a grandma. I told anybody that would listen, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I did all but take out a billboard. I am not ready to be a grandma. <laughs> but, you know, he, in, a, in so many ways, it's like, you know, God said, you finished the race. Please join us tomorrow and hear the rest of Michelle's story and how she is working to finish the race. My name is Lori, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ.